This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to machine learning. Well, I'm doing a little bit of programming in Python. And uh, today I looked at uh, Context Manager. And Context Manager is equivalent in C-sharp to the using. Um, does a lot with keeping things only, the scope only accessible within the context. And so it manages cleanup and uh, um, in, a, uh, in an object-oriented pattern where you do, uh, uh, we did have setup and then you have takedown. So, uh, or you could have change and reset. These are, these are particular patterns that are useful in, in the uh, context manager. So you can create your own context manager or you can use uh, existing uh, context managers um, in Python. One of the existing context managers that you can use is, uh, is open. So that allows you to open a text file. You can do it, you can read, write, and append to that text file. And uh, you can assign it then a file handle uh, by using the as uh, keyword. And so the idea behind the context hand or the uh, context manager is um, to keep the scope within usable within the um, within the context, so I can uh, I can use a with uh, file, and then I can uh, I can open it, I can write to it, and then uh, when I'm done, it will automatically close it. Now I can also use a decorator function and or class. And I can put that over my function, and then it becomes a context manager function. So decorators are are pretty interesting because they they uh, act like an inherited class. So the class that it's decorating uh, inherits the attributes of the decorator class, and so it inherits the attributes of the context manager. And so I can, then I can apply a width um, against that function, pass it to parameters, and if it returns, like say, if you use a yield, then it will return that control back to the calling function with that variable. Um, or with that value. So like, for example, inside of my context manager, if I have, an, if I change that open file, open inside there, get a file handle, then I can pass that file handle by doing yield and the file handle back to the context. 
And then once the context is done, it returns control back to the context manager and then the context manager uh, does the takedown session portion, which is uh, cleanup. And so it would, in this case, would close the file. But in, uh, in other cases, uh, it, it might um, uh, do other, other types of functions in its cleanup. Now, one of the things that it makes uh, context managers powerful is that it can yield control. Um, so for example, like when you're opening a database, you can yield the connection and it will then, um, uh, it will then continue on in its processing. And then once the connection is established, then you can use it. So when the connection is completed, then uh, the context manager is shutting down, it will close the connection. So in the case where you'd probably want to use some error handling with try uh, and exception is that, uh, and final, finally, is where, let's say, if some resource gets blocked, like for example, in the case where it's non-asynchronous, it's synchronous, and it, that resource gets blocked until the resource becomes available, then having a finally where no matter what happens, um, that resource is freed up. So if there's an error, it's freed up. If it tries and it's successful, um, then it will, uh, do its process piece and then it will will uh, run the finally which will close so no matter what happens whether it's successful it has a error um, the finally section will always run and that guarantees that resources are freed up where they can be a blocking factor one one case I could see where that this would uh, could be true is like if you lock say like a table and uh, and so you're, you're performing maintenance on that table and you don't want any changes to occur while you're performing maintenance on that table then um, once you're done you could uh, then unlock it you don't want to uh, if there's an error you don't want to leave that table in a locked state and the database itself may come along and detect that that table is locked and unlock it um, after a certain duration of time. So there's some kind of powerful things that uh, can happen with the um, uh, context manager and the use. So if you remember in generations where we use generations to do yields, and build iterables. Uh, the reason why we build iterables is like similar to C Sharp when you're dealing with an iQueryable, is that the resource itself you don't want to uh, utilize until it's being used. So uh, the it returns back an iQueryable, and when you when you iterate over the iQueryable, that is when it makes the connection to the database, it queries it, it returns back data um, in a queryable form, and 
you're now interacting with that cursor on the database side as you're fetching records. So that allows you to fetch large numbers of records um, that may not fit into memory. And so you can iterate over that process uh, records one at a time. So iQueryables are, are definitely something you would use in C-sharp um, to ensure that you can handle large resources. And, or if you have, let's say, large numbers of users that are hitting your system, that you're not locking up that resource until you're ready to use it, and then it um, um, begins to run that resource. Now, there are cer certain resources that can't be shared um, and the, because they're not asynchronous. And for that reason, then you would have to do some sort of blocking on that resource. And then while that resource is being used, like say um, you're, you're, you don't want it to change uh, while that resource is being utilized. So like, for example, if, you, if you're doing uh, a for each loop and then while you're doing the for each loop, something is updating that you don't, you, it's changed your resource or so you don't want to you want to have some sort of blocking on resources that that uh, can't be changed in uh, when you're doing the threading so as you run threads you, you set up blocks on resources now some resources like uh, can be run asynchronously and that means that multiple processes can be running that resource at the same time and not having blocking occurring. Um, so that gets you into kind of the world of threading and asynchronous processing. Um, with Flutter, for example, that everything is running on a single thread, everything is asynchronous. And so you, you have to think that way and everything is being returned as a, as a, like a, similar to a promise. Um, where you're subscribing and then when it um, completes, it then executes um, that section of code that's been subscribed to. So there's a lot of different ways in different languages for handling threading and resources. And Python, um, it's the way it, it uh, utilizes resource in this context is through a context manager. So generations, again, is a, a context manager works a lot like generations. It yields control. Um, you, it, it may or may not return back a tuple. That'll be the difference. So if you, uh, if you do a generations and then you have, let's say, you do a zip. Now zip uh, returns back an iterable tuple. So if you wanted to, to return back not a non-iterable, then you would put it in a dictionary and return back the dictionary. And then you could iterate over the dictionary items to get your tuples in the list, the list of tuples. So that's one reason to put a zip in a zip list in your um, uh, a dictionary 
is so that it is not returning the back as non-interval. So those are some of the things that uh, they we we covered when we we were uh, learning about gener generations. And so generations are another way of doing iter I queryable type of work, where if you wanted to build an enumerable type, then you would yield the enumerable data structure, which might be a single value or might be a structured value. So it's kind of interesting that you can set up similar type of functionality that you can in C Sharp with Python, which would be expected. I think that Python actually syntax wise is less complex to set up a, um, a an iQueryable type than C Sharp. Um, the main reason why is C Sharp can also set up the generics classes so that you can pass in an iQueryable of a generic class type. Um, where in Python you would just probably deal with setting up um, a class or a, a structured class and then returning that and it w the interpreter would be able to to parse that apart that's uh, something I, I probably should try to do do some comparatives in how I would do certain types of uh, tasking that I did in C sharp in Python but from what I can see they're very similar and in some ways uh, Python is more usable and friendly than C sharp would I use Python over C sharp in a uh, business environment probably not because I do prefer compiled languages and that's because I feel that they're more safe but so far in all my dealings with uh, Python I've been pretty happy with the fact that um, I can resolve a lot of the issues quickly either let's say by using a typecast like an as type or um, I can uh, I can take an object type and then I can convert it to a particular data type depending on what I tried to do so in a lot of ways Python behaves a lot like Visual Basic in how it handles its data it's very flexible um, it doesn't require lots of typecasting it figures out a lot of the cast types for you automatically in the data frame and you can in the data frame when you're importing the data in you can specify data types you can give it column names you can rename the column names like with a mapping function um, and you can also give the data types or you can explicitly define the data types uh, using as type and you can tell it whether it's categorical it's float it's integer string so forth and then python has a lot of functions for manipulating time um, and also for manipulating categories so it's very data centric it's all based on the list structure and 
for that reason, I, I really like it for dealing with uh, data because it uh, is very intuitive. It doesn't require, in Python, I don't have to um, write a lot of code to uh, perform work that I'm thinking about. So it's fairly close to pseudocoding. As I described just basically on paper what I want to do, and then and I go into Python, whether I'm building functions that describe uh, complex sequences of code or um, context managers where it's allowing me to take code and, and make it asynchronous and iterable um, within the context scope um, is preferred. Okay, well, I'm at work, and uh, I will talk to you later. But uh, until then, keep coding.